1 Samuel chapter 12. The story of Samuel in the, in the Old Testament is a great one. From his amazing birth uh, to his ministry and life, especially as it relates uh, to the, the beginning of the kings of, of Judah and Israel. But Samuel was the, was the, the judge the prophet that was called to be the judge over Israel. Because remember, when God called Israel out of the land of Egypt, he wasn't going to have them be ruled by a king like the other nations. He was their king, and he wanted them to turn to him. And he organized them in such a way that they could do that under Moses and then under Joshua. But as time went, as time went on, um, through the book of the Judges, we find out that um, that things kind of fell apart on them. They stopped looking to God as their king, and they started looking around to other countries who had kings, and they said, we want one, of our, want one for ourselves. And so Samuel, the judge at that time, told them, you don't, you don't want this, but they, they, they wouldn't relent, and they continued to say, yes, we want a king, we want a king. Finally, God told Samuel, give them the king, but, but remind them of how disappointed I am in their rejection of me as their king. And so... Samuel told him those things, and then he made these, these comments to them. After they repented of what they'd asked for, as he gave them the, the, the warnings and the judgments that God had given him, and then he said, in verse 23, I'll start with verse 22, for the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people, because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. I want to reread that last phrase. Consider what great things he has done for you. One of the problems that the children of Israel had was they had a very short memory. We remember that from their, the time of the Exodus. You know, he, he, he does the miracles of the, of the plagues and and causes Pharaoh to finally let them go and they're leaving and they get to the Red Sea and, it, and, the, and the chariots of Pharaoh, Pharaoh changes his mind, he sends the chariots and his armies after them and they say, oh great, you know, you, you brought us, and they turn to Moses and say, great, you, you brought us out here into the desert, now stand here by the Red Sea, we're going to all die, great. They forgot all the great things that God had done to bring them to that place. And they just couldn't believe that he would do something again to help them out. Well, you remember what he did. Moses raised his staff. The sea parted. They walked through as if it was dry ground. And then when the chair and his... Those two words are bothering me right now. Um, When Pharaoh's chariots went through, they were making great... Great headway. When the last Israelite came out of the water, Moses put his staff back down. The waters came back over them. 
Now, now, now that that's happened, they're never going to grumble or complain against God again. They're going to remember that. No, it wasn't very long, and they were having trouble with food or having trouble with water, having tr just trouble after trouble, and they would never remember what God had done in the, in the past to expect him to do something in the future. They forgot, and they said, why did we ever leave Egypt? It, even though we were slaves, at least we had enough to eat, or at least we had enough to drink, or at least we had a better place to stay, or we had better clothes, or whatever the case may be, they, they always forgot. And so here, as God has given them a new chance, as, as Samuel, as their leader, is commissioned by God to continue to lead them through this transition period into, into having a king, he reminds them of the things that he's going to do, which one is pray. He's going to teach them. And one of the first things that he teaches them is the thing I want us to focus on this morning. As we take this time today after this service to, to celebrate what God has done here at Midway Community Church in our, in our annual um, celebration of Thanksgiving and, and have this, this very short business meeting, which is also a part of the celebration. Look at what Samuel told them to do. He said, consider what great things the Lord has done for you. Consider what great things the Lord has done for you. I was so glad to hear um, Dan Smith and his welcome to us this morning after allowing Joy to teach us the, our God saves, which is a, a, a great thing. And thanks for doing that, Joy. Thanks for your flexibility with Dan. Um, we love you. I don't, know where, I don't know where he is, but we love you, Dan. Um, we're going to do what Dan said his class did this morning. They got together. And again, this is, this is one of the reasons why I emphasize this almost every week. If you're not... Um, part of one of the smaller groups of Midway, please become part of one of the smaller groups of Midway. One of the classes that meets at 9.30 on Sunday morning or the, the 5 o'clock, although we won't be doing some of the evening things again until, until next year uh, with the holidays coming up and, and the different activities, but the men's Bible study, some of the women's meetings, the men's be a part of a smaller group within the Midway family so that you can put some of these things to practice and receive the benefit of, of doing God's word together. And one of those things, as Dan mentioned this morning, when his class got together, was they shared together some of the things that they've seen God do in their lives. That's exactly what Samuel was telling the children of Israel that they needed to do, and they need to do it on a regular basis. Because the moment we forget the great things that God has done for us, we're going to be just like the children of Israel, and we're going to start grumbling, and we're going to start complaining, and we're going to start wondering why things aren't good and, and all those kind of things. Not to say that if you do this, that everything's going to be great. Remember, God made specific promises to Israel that if they did his word, if they'd followed his law, that he was going to bless them and give them prosperity in the land. He hasn't given us that same kind of promise of prosperity. The prosperity that we have in Christ, the promise that he's made to us in Christ, is that he will take us through whatever difficulties and sufferings that we have to go through 
to shine for him that more and more people will see him at work in our lives and come to faith in Christ and more and more people will be glorifying him because of us. That's his plan for us. That's his promise for us. And one of the ways that we do these things is to remember the great things that he's doing. One of our strongest witnesses in our community is for people to hear what God is doing in our lives. And not just our own stories, but we have, we'll have opportunities as we're talking to people at work or talking to people at school, talking to people in our, in our neighborhood or other associations. We'll have an opportunity when they tell a story, when they say something that's happening, we can share not only the stories of our lives, but also the lives of our friends that we know that have just shared those stories with us. Seeing God at work in our lives and recognizing that it is God who is orchestrating and bringing us through the various things that he's bringing us through. That's God who's made these promises to us, fulfilling those promises. And we notice it. And we talk about it. And we praise him for it. And as we do that, his praise is multiplied over and over and over again. The promise or the, the statement that Jesus made in the Sermon on the Mount, and, and he, of course the Sermon on the Mount, one of his one of his most famous um, sermons. In the in the in the beginning of that, he said, "Let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good deeds and glorify your Father who's in heaven." The people who don't know Christ will see and hear the things that we do and that he does in us. And the end result of it will be this. They also will glorify God. Not just us who already know him. And praise God for the opportunity that we've taken this morning to start our week praising God together. But it's not just about us doing it. But as we reflect on the great things that God has done for us, as we tell each other the stories, think for, just, just think for a moment. I'm not going to ask you to say it right now. So you can, you can really allow yourself to think about this. I'm not going to call on you, at least not this moment. What have you seen God do? What has he done? What have you seen happen recently? that was either a direct answer to prayer or something that only God could have done, that only God could have put it together. Think about that just for a second. What have you seen? What have you heard? What have you experienced that was either a direct answer to prayer or something that God, only God, could have done? It, the, 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 the number of coincidences that all came together let you see it's not coincidence it's it has to be god at work now all of us as we've been thinking about that all of us have thought of something some of us have thought of a few things and some of us are are still thinking and that's okay but every one of those things that we've just thought of should be shared with somebody your husband, your wife, your child, your parent, your brother, your sister, your friend, your class. 
Everything that he does like that should be shared. Why? Because his primary interest in in working in our lives is not just for us to see it, but for others to see it so that his praise can be multiplied. God was doing a great thing in Israel. They didn't recognize it often. They weren't recognizing it right now in in this scenario that, that we're in the middle of here in 1 Samuel. But he was about to take them through some things, through these kings that they've asked for. And remember the first one was Saul, then came David, then came Solomon, then it split and went really haywire. But through all of that, he was preparing through that nation, through those ups and downs of all the things that were going to happen in that country, he was preparing a way for the Messiah to come into the world. The Messiah that we're singing about this morning, the Messiah whose name is Jesus that we're gathered together today in his name. He was, start, he was doing that through these very people that he was saying, don't forget the great things that God has done for you. This is a foundation for all the work that I'm going to do through you. You go back to, to Abraham before Israel was even a nation. He said, all the countries of the world, all the nations of the world, all the peoples of the world are going to be blessed through you. And now he's reiterating that as he, as he reminds them, I'm not going to reject you. You're my people. I've got plans for you. And remember, the ultimate plan that he had for those people was it was through them that God was going to bring his Messiah, his Savior. And he did that through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Brought through that king kingly lineage of David who was about to be king because Saul didn't last very long. They picked Saul, remember, based on his appearance, based on the fact that he looked like a king ought to look and he acted like a king ought to look or ought to act. But he was rejected very soon after, after his work started because he was dependent on himself and not on God. And then he brought David in who was going to be the line of the Savior, Jesus. So all of these things that he's doing with Israel are all in preparation for what God was doing in bringing his son into the world. And one of the foundations of it was for that nation not to forget the great things that God has done. As we know from our reading of of biblical history, they kept forgetting. But God tells us, the people that he describes as the people upon whom the fulfillment of the ages has come, those of us who believe in his son, Jesus. He says, I want you to look back and I want you to take heed to those warnings in the Old Testament. I want you to take heed to what I did to those people and allowed them to go through because they failed to do my word. They failed to believe me when I told them things. They failed to keep remembering the great things that God did for them. We have the opportunity as believers in Christ people who are trusting in God's word, we have the opportunity to keep remembering these great things that God has done and to see his praise multiplied and multiplied over and over again as we take the time in our relationships and in our groups to reflect on the great things that he does. Remember, he's not finished doing great things. I had a... a, email 
through the, through the church website uh, last week um, after, the, uh, after the service that we did where we were um, looking at the ways that we can serve God through adoption and, and foster care. A great service, a, a great encouragement to a lot of people. One of the people that, w- that was greatly encouraged was a man named Ken Nebel. And some of you who have really good memories will remember that Ken, 25 years ago, when we were thinking about and praying about starting Midway Community Church, Ken was one of the leaders of our area association of churches. And he was instrumental in, in, in giving leadership to the to the groups of people that came from First Baptist Coming and Mount Vernon Baptist Church to help create this, the steering committee and task force that, that would end up helping Midway Community Church become a church. And Ken Nebel sent me an email from, I think, from Texas. And first of all, I want to know if I remember who he was. He and his wife were, ce- were celebrating last week their 70th anniversary. So they've been around a while. And he was praising God for the great things that God has done in Midway Community Church. Now, he hasn't been here very much. He, he ended up retiring soon after we started, 20 years ago, because he was a retirement age then. Moved to Texas, but through the internet and other means of communication, has kept up with things. But seeing the testimonies of the adoptive parents and the adoptees and the adoptive uh, um, siblings and different things, he saw before his very eyes some of the great things that God has done through Midway Community Church. And what did he do? Besides contacting me, he said, once you know I'm praising God for what God is doing through Midway Community Church. Our taking the time, and again, those of you who were here and, and saw the number of people that, that shared very brief stories of, of their, their adoption and foster care lives, it was, it was a minor miracle that we had that many people speak and that, and that we aren't still here doing it. Um, it, was, it was amazing. Not just the, 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 the flow of it, but the content of what was shared and the encouragement that we received. Great things are happening at Midway Community Church. And it's our responsibility. Again, this, excuse me, this seems like, like really a, a small thing, but it's not. Samuel told the people, this is one of the foundations that you're gonna, that you're gonna be living by. Consider, stop and think and share the great things that God has done for you. That's what, he, that's what he's doing. This morning, in our, in our um, 9.30 Bible study class um, that was meeting, one of, the, one of the people that were there was there said, a number of years ago, went through this really, really hard time. And this week, I was, I was talking to somebody else. They were going through something very similar to what I'd gone through a number of years ago. And as, as, as that person was sharing their story, the person in the class said, I was able to say, I've been through that very thing. And the other person said, you have? They thought they were the only one. 
that ever had to go through that kind of experience. But because within the relationships, within the body of Christ, because one was sharing the need or one was sharing the blessing, God was praised again for something that that person had to go through that was very, very difficult at the time. Like some of the things that you're going through right now and you're saying, God, I have, there, there can't be anything good coming out of this. I've studied it. I've looked at it. I've looked at the cir- cir- circumstance, these situations. There is no way anything good can, can come out of this. You know what we have to say to that thought? False. Wrong. It's a lie. Because one of the promises that we didn't mention this morning as we were praising God for his promises that we're leaning on, that we're standing on, is the promise that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things. That's the promise. And so if you're in a situation right now that you don't think anything good can come out of it, and, and, you, and you fall to that thought and say nothing good can come out of this, say right now, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a thought that you've got to get rid of. You need to reinforce yourself, your mind, with the promise of God that he has the power to take this circumstance that you're in right now and make something good out of it. It might be years down the road. It might be years down the road when you're having a conversation with somebody and you're able to interject into that conversation this thing that you're going through right now. And God lift them up and enable them to praise his name. Do you realize at that moment, you're going to realize, I should have never said God can't do something good out of this terrible circumstance. And again, I'm not, I'm not making light of the terrible circumstance that you're in right now. We have, through our lives, we have some terrible circumstances. But that doesn't stop God. He doesn't waste your suffering, your difficulty. And you'll find that out as you share with people the great things that he's doing in your life. One of the great things that he's doing in your life is bringing you through, and this might be you right now, bringing you through something you can't imagine how he's going to bring you through it. But I would, I would do something right now. If you're in one of those jams, if you're in one of those circumstances, say to him right now, God, I'll, I'll praise you when you bring me through this. And I'll reflect on it. I'll consider it. And I'll let others know that you brought me through this so that they also can bring praise to your name for what you're going to do in my life. And I say going to do it because it's a promise. It's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. And I don't know how it's going to turn out. But I know this. He will fulfill his promise. He will work it out for something good. In our class this morning, we we reflected on another one of the Old Testament heroes, Job, in in the light of that circumstance that happened. And you know that Job and his family are still bearing fruit from the suffering that they went through thousands of years ago? Do you know there's still eternal fruit being wrought by their story? Can you imagine how encouraging it must be to Mrs. Job every time somebody comes into glory and they were another one that was encouraged 
by, their, by the story of their family? Yeah, there was a time when, when she wasn't looking at it like that. You remember her, her most famous statement. And I'm, I promise you, this is probably when you meet her, she'll, the first thing you say, I'm sorry I said that. Let's just get that out of the way right now. And some of you are saying, what did she say? Well, Job was, Job was in the midst of some serious suffering, really bad. And, but it wasn't only him. It was a family suffering. Their 10 children died when, in a storm. All right, so th- that's, that's, that's worse than you can Im- imagine. And, th- and they lost everything, not just economically, but they lost their reputation. Job was well-respected, and everybody was thinking, oh, Harris, Job had something going on. You know, we didn't know about all this bad stuff happening to him because that's the way they thought. It's the way a lot of people today think. And she, finally it got so bad, he's sitting there scraping his scabs and sores with broken pottery. It's bad. She says, Job, just curse God and die. In other words, I've had enough. I quit. I can't do it anymore. But you know what? It didn't stop God. He still, he knew that she loved him. And the promise that he makes in Romans, it, that was, a, that was a, a, an all-time promise. That was happening long before Paul wrote it in Romans. God was working out something good through Job and his wife and their 10 kids. And now, even thousands of years later, that's why James in his, in his epistle said, when you're going through suffering, think about Job. So we go back and we look at him and say, whoa. And people have been encouraged to keep on going, to not quitting, not giving up, because God is going to do something. Not just like he did in Job's life, but he's going to do something in his way in your life. And when he does, praise God and tell somebody. Praise God. And tell somebody of the great things that God has done. Because he's calling out from this world people to hear our stories. And of our faith in Jesus Christ. And to bring them to faith so that they also can bring praise and honor to God. That's a big part of our responsibility. It was a responsibility of Israel. They dropped the ball a lot. Let us not drop that ball. And so, put yourself in, in, in circumstances and situations where you can share this story of what God is doing in your life. Know people. Spend time with them. And take every opportunity that you have to say something of the great things that God is doing. Because he will continue to do great things. That's his promise to us because he's working all things for the good for all of us who love him and are called according to his purpose. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for Samuel staying the course. It would have been real easy for him to throw in the towel. when the children of Israel just continued in their stubbornness, in their rebellion. 
But he kept on. And we thank you for this command, this admonition that he gave the children of Israel. And Father, we've heard it loud and clear today. We will consider the great things that you have done for us. We will tell each other. We will share it with our families and our friends. We will let people know that we believe that that was you that did that. Things that we can't imagine, things that we can't understand. We thank you that you're at work. We thank you that you're using us. And we pray that you would do so more and more, that more and more people would come to faith in Jesus and also begin to praise your name. We are so excited, so thankful that we can be a part of your eternal choir that will be bringing praise and honor to you for all eternity. And we thank you for the opportunities that we have today to be a part of adding to that choir, of adding to that group of people who will recognize that you do love us and that you did provide for us a Savior in Jesus, your Son. And that he did die on the cross and that he did rise again from the dead and that he will return and that he has promised to give life, eternal life, to every single person who believes. We thank you for that and we thank you that we're a part of it. And we pray that you'd use us in a great way. And Father, there may be some here this morning or or online with us today who are still waiting. They're still trying to to do better. They're they're still waiting till they they stop doing this one particular sin or, or this number of things that they know they need to stop doing. Father, help them to realize that you'll take care of that for them and with them. But help them to put their trust in Jesus alone, not themselves, not their church, not their family, not their own good works. Help them to put their trust in Jesus alone, recognizing that he alone can save them, can forgive them of their sins and give them the promise of eternal life. Give them the courage and the faith this morning to put their trust, their faith, their belief in Jesus Christ, your son. And we pray it in his name with thanksgiving. Amen.